Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back. Episode 48 of the Whistling in the Dark podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Bradley, coming to you solo today. Adam Steele will probably be back with us this weekend. Uh, Today is Thursday, June 11th, 2020. Do you believe... That what you are seeing unfold in the United States today is a grassroots uprising in thought and action. I do not. I believe there are groups of powerful people using media and opportunity to direct the actions of large groups of people while staying quietly away from scrutiny. So here's a small thought experiment. If you see a herd of sheep being shepherded onto your property, would you run out and try to argue with the sheep, the sheepdogs, or would it be more effective to confront the shepherd? If this shepherd has brought the sheep illegally on your property, what right do you have to defend it? What are the real-world correlations between the shepherd, sheepdog, sheep, and your property? So let's start with property. The real-world correlation is not really your private property per se, but the laws protecting the private property and self-ownership. A little meta, I know, but our private property is only as good as a society that values its existence. <clears throat> the sheep are easy enough to identify. They are nearly everyone around you, your friends, co-workers, families, neighbors. Hardly anyone you are surrounded with adheres to anything but party line views for whichever team they identify with. Whether liberal, Republican, Antifa, or alt-right, even a large chunk of libertarians are just along for the ride. The sheep are the ones that are voting for candidates who are dismantling the parts of our system which actually do protect private property and self-ownership. One interesting question regarding the sheep, is there really multiple herds, or is this even an illusion? There really is just one herd with multiple shepherds working toward a common goal. The shepherds, any attempt to uncover their identities will get you labeled as a conspiracy theorist. Is it George Soros, the Clintons, the Rockefellers, Rothschilds, the Deep State, aliens, Satan, and his minions? Even if you could identify the shepherds in thought experiment and tie them to real-life people, how would you confront them? How do you get them to take their sheep back onto their property? That really does seem like the crux of the problem, but we need to nail down the regulators, the sheepdogs first they're the last piece of this experiment the shepherds themselves uh or the shepherd himself is not enough to move the herd at least that's my understanding of most sheep moving operations they need the assistance of sheep dogs these dogs run around the edges of the herds and nip at the sheep that are getting out of line what is the real life corollary This group will be even harder to specify, uh, to specifically identify, because they are a much larger number than the shepherds, but their actions are the ones directly see and interact with on social media. 
From my gathered experience, I do believe there are trained sheepdogs. There are a number of activist groups which are funded by outside wealthy sources. I would label the activist groups as the sheepdogs and their funding sources as the shepherds. These sheepdogs run around the herd on social media and champion the canceling of anyone that steps out of line with the agenda they are taught in the activist groups. They are also taught other tactics through subversion and incitement that generate violence in groups of protesters. That can be represented by corporate media in ways friendly to their cause. In the real world, the shepherds do not depend on just one type of sheepdog. The young people on the ground and online do some of the work, but the corporate media touches everyone young and old. Most of the herd doesn't need to be nipped by the sheepdog to stay in line. They just need to be aware that it happens. The control of nearly all corporate media by the left wing makes certainly of that, certainty of that. So what can we do? Do we try to become shepherds ourselves, train sheepdogs, and try to build up and control our own herd? That is so antithetical to most libertarians' people's morality that I doubt this will be successful. If libertarians were a character in the Game of Thrones, I think we would be Ned Stark. We have the strongest moral compass, but a total inability or desire to play the game. Is our fate going to be the same as Ned's? If my theories regarding the real-life counterparts to the thought experiment are correct, I think it is pretty clear that the only other option would be to confront the shepherds. They are in very few numbers, and if the theory is correct and they stop training their sheepdogs, the herd would quickly lose focus and the assault on our freedoms would mostly halt. How is this accomplished is a thought for further contemplation. I think learning the identity, identity of these people comes first. Let's talk a little bit about the goals of the shepherds. I believe the goals are roughly the same as they have been for most of human society. They are no different than those of the royal families of the past. Humans continue to evolve, but I think this desire still remains. I believe the ruling class has been dealt a blow <clears throat> with the creation of these, these new republics where the sheep could own property, speak their mind, and generally do as they please. The shepherds have now latched on to Marxism as a means to the end. They have no interest in the workers, only in increasing their power and influence. But Marx laid out a battle plan for a violent revolution that put control of the entirety of industry, education, property, defense, money, and communication in the hands of the central government. Marx sells this idea to his readers under the assumption that the government will be run by the political supremacy of the proletariat. Since we already have a democracy, it seems that the proletariat has the supremacy Marx, desire, Marx desired. If only they could see it. So by teaching their trusty dogs, they guide the sheep through fear and lies to walk through the various stages to a communist state. This, is, this has been done before and claims that it was not truly communism because there wasn't first a political rise of the proletariat will certainly be laid to rest with the communist states of America. No one can deny that the workers had their vote and they voted for this over and over again. So I've been uh, kind of thinking about this uh, idea for a while Certainly the uh, connection between the whole sheepdog and uh, yeah, it's it, I, I've heard it sort of used both ways. I've heard like the good guys being called the sheepdog and we're trying to protect the herd and the wolves are the, I don't know, the status or something. But I, I think that this really captures it to me, the idea of 
the herd coming onto your property, but really not almost not even being responsible for their actions and that they're controlled by really what I think ultimately is a small group. And, uh, I mean, I have been thinking lately, I, it's hard really not to get down. I hear a lot of, of hope, you know, or humor about like things like defund the police, um, from, uh, like Dave Smith, uh, Michael Malice. And, you know, I, I just look like in, I mean, in my lifetime, the cause of liberty has like essentially only lost, you know? Um, so I'm not quite sure where the positivity comes from, but I guess it's good to always kind of think positively. <laughs> uh, so what I would say is that, I mean, as far as the defund the police, you know, like there's this, um, I've heard some people getting closer to it late, uh, like in the last day or so, like libertarians, but I do not, I would bet a whole, whole lot of money that this is not going to end well from a libertarian perspective as far as defunding the police. I think, um, you know, there are these claims, uh, I think that some libertarians try to make themselves feel good by saying, oh, well, you know, they're, they're wrestling, they're just starting to wrestle with topics that, you know, we've been dealing with for years, like uh, free market, uh, you know, solution, private security for police or whatever, and like, I don't even need to read one line from a website or some publication from, you know, Black Lives Matter or some, you know, leftist group laying out this plan. There's no way in hell they're talking about private police. Like, I mean, it's kind of funny. And I know Adam and I sort of talked about it in the last episode. But, like, there's no possible way that's what they're talking about. And, I mean, what, like, the the movement of the United States, like, the evolution of our government has been one towards centralizing power at, you know, the federal level and removing it from the states. So, you know, without knowing for sure what any of these plans are, if there's really a, a coherent idea, I believe that it's going to wind up where somehow the police that you deal with, you know, on a day-to-day basis uh, are, are a more central you know, more centrally run, meaning like not at your county level, but at like the federal level, you know, that's, that's always the the goal is to wrest power from local areas and move it up the chain, you know, so these shepherds, they got, you know, they're the ones at the top of the chain, the people, you know, pulling all the strings. I mean, it's, like, uh, 
How many, <clears throat> how many times have you heard wealthy and powerful people support Brexit? I mean, they're almost unanimously in support of, you know, making a European Union and taking that power away. You know, I, I mean, it's just, it's almost entirely all in that that one direction. Um, you know, and I think this is a really interesting move. Uh, I, I mean, I think it really surprised uh, I know it surprised me. I don't think many libertarians ever, you know, I, I mean, who would have predicted this the day before this dropped? Um, you know, so I don't put much stock in it. They certainly have, you know, me, and I don't know that they even really care that much. I'm not even sure that libertarians, even like dealing with libertarians, even factors in to like the republicans and democrats these like the places of of power and influence you know what i mean they probably don't waste their time to even consider it because our voices are so few and so quiet um that you know i don't think that they they cared but it, it certainly um surprised us for sure um, so anyway, but yeah, we're, in, we're in this like weird position where, and now it's like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to come out and sound like I am in favor of, you know, like, uh, government monopoly on policing me. But what I believe is that it's a choice between the, the status quo of that, where, where the government monopoly is least held at my county level uh, and some state police, but I don't think they're talking about, you know, defunding the state police. Uh, you know, it's between that and what I would assume is some, you know, federally ran or at least with heavy federal oversight, some police department. And, uh, you know, maybe also passing some like more heavy-handed kind of privacy or surveillance type type laws you know to make it harder i you know i i don't know whatever it is i i'm just i'm quite certain that it's not good for us and um you know, despite agreeing with like the basic analysis that, you know, the police do kill like a disproportionate amount of black people in the United States, um, it's tough to really see how this is, you know, going to work out. I don't think it's going to help them whatsoever. And I think it's going to kind of hurt everybody equally. Um, you know, and uh, I don't know, I think I may have talked about this before, but but again, and I, and I actually heard this kind of recently, but, um, you know, the idea of privilege, you know, like it's it's privilege to not worry about the police killing you. Um, I I just don't think that the answer is to bring everybody down to that level, you know, like like if. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Dave, Dave Smith did say it 
pretty i thought he he had an interesting way of putting it or you know nice way where he was basically saying like if you're just focused on the disparity between the killings of blacks and whites then like a solution to this is just killing proportionally more white people so if suddenly the police killed two thousand people next year and the thousand new murders were all whites then like is this movement satisfied um, you know and that's like a pretty simple little thought experiment you can run to sort of show like the flaw you know the flaw in it but like i said i mean i think like trying to really tackle this thing uh head on you know like i said i mean it feels like i'm arguing with the sheep or the sheep dog like it's just it's tiring and it feels pointless um not really sure how you know how we can how we can make any headway there's, there's so little logic i i mean it shows you like if you have listened to my podcast you know i i have talked about the idea of private police you know which would mean defunding the police. So this isn't a new concept for me, you know, on the surface. But you can see that, like, you know, and, and it's not a new, you know, it's not an original concept from from me either. You know what I mean? I mean, this has been written about for a while. You know, I, I mean, I don't even remember where I originally picked it up from. I, I kind of go back to for a new liberty by murray rothbard i don't know when that was published but probably in like the 70s i don't know um but it you know and i'm not i'm sure that he wasn't the inventor of this idea either um but it's you know we don't have the megaphone so it it, i mean it's unbelievable i could have said said something like this you know a week before to any one of my, you know, liberal friends, and they would have, you know, completely just dismissed it as ridiculous. He wouldn't even have really tried to even comprehend what I'm saying, I'm sure. And now, you know, they are, they're out there trying to spread this idea around, trying to defend it, trying to say, oh, you know, you're just misunderstanding it, you know, misunderstanding what? Like, you, you're, you just, like, all of a sudden, like, you know, basically, like, communist people are saying defund the police. I mean, it's almost nonsense, you know? Like, what do you, I mean, clearly they don't want a, like, a, uh, you know, community with no, nobody like doing like law and order protection. I mean, it's like obviously not what they want, but the point is it's not very clear what they want. Uh, just from, you know, these like little web pages with these little bullet points, you know, but that's all people need. And, and they, uh, you know, some guy was posting about it on, um, Facebook the other day and um you know he was saying oh he was uh he was like trying to say that that's not even what it meant um 
I know defund the police seems radical and scary, but dissolve police departments and rebuild them as one small facet in a network of police specialized services so police aren't called to handle problems they're woefully ill-equipped to solve isn't as easy to chant. But it's not a chant, right? Like, it's not a chant. It's like you can go to their websites and it says fully defund the police. Um, yeah, I he put another thing. Defund the police does not mean eliminate all police funding. <laughs> defund the police means police will be funded. Police will not be overfunded redistribute the city whatever you know uh it just says all this other stuff but like that's not you know that's not what it says i mean we looked on it before it says fully defund the police i mean and it's under the heading the heading of abolition i you know i mean you it's not even like jumping through hoops to to make the these claims it's like you're you're just incorrect i mean you know words words have meaning <laughs> and i know that you know the english language isn't perfect and it's possible to to sort of confuse things or whatever but uh you know this is definitely cut and dry you know, you can't say ab under the heading abolition, fully defund the police and then say fully defund the police does not mean fully defund the police. I mean, it's just nuts. But, you know, anyway, it, you know, it's more proof that <clears throat> the mass of the U.S. population does not need logic like they don't they do not need a a coherent philosophy or idea to get whipped up into a frenzy they just it's not necessary you know and and us libertarians going we're in completely dedicated to that <laughs> you know that idea and you know like i said i i don't really have um really a solution um, certainly don't know how, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of just feeling like Ned Stark, really, and I'm feeling like the libertarians, the voluntarists in our, you know, in our country, we're just Ned Starks, you know, we, uh, we just stick to this principle thing, we will not, you know, we're just not going to play the game, and so we're going to lose, even if we have the right answer, you know, we're not going to win. <clears throat> There's just no way. So, um, you know, another uh, another kind of like creepy thought I had about this defund the police that really kind of bummed me out this morning. And I knew I wanted to do this yesterday, but I'm uh, kind of glad I waited, I guess. I had a little bit of a new thought, but it was, um, you know... And I, and I mean, I don't, I'm not going to be like Alex Jones or whatever 
trying to like blow the lid off of that George Soros' funding Antifa or whatever it is. But uh, I mean, I don't think it takes Alex Jones to see that there is some serious coordination going on. Um, and again, that's, that's kind of, so that's kind of why I feel that you're fooling yourself if you think that defunding the police is going to be good at, at all for us, or, or they haven't thought this through, you know, or whatever. Um, because it is organized and, you know, there is a goal, I think. And, so I kind of have this fear that if they did, if there was some sort of kind of temporary state where the, like where police departments, or at least in some areas, again, I'm not sure exactly how you would accomplish this. I mean, they accomplished, you know, riots in hundreds of cities simultaneously. So, I mean, possibly like once, once the uh, dam breaks and Minneapolis gets rid of its police or whatever, maybe other places will follow and there'll be riots until their police are gone or, you know, whatever. I mean, I could imagine that the plan is to actually kind of leave these um, neighborhoods and areas to kind of fend for themselves to some extent uh, to where, you know, I could just real I could just see it. I just had this vision of CNN playing news, you know, videos captured on cell phones of white guys, you know, with with AR15s and whatever, you know, going after black people and them spinning it as if like oh you know this is so horrible and then you know here's like white supremacy going crazy and then this will like bring in this will like give them the 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 political momentum to really bring in like really heavy gun control laws and this like next generation of police which is you know just more centralized and, uh, you know, much, much more oppressive, you know, and uh, I think, and, and it won't just be like police of, you know, laws like we see. I, I mean, I think it's going to be much more of a kind of thought police type, type of, you know, um, aspect to it. So, I uh, am not feeling super positive about any of this. Um, you know, another uh, another thing I wanted to mention about this that I've been thinking was well, two I guess two things. They're they're only sort of related, but one thing is is like I really think that I I, I kind of suspect that. The real coup, and it was a long time, you know, in the making or whatever to get to, and we're not, we're certainly not at the end game yet. Like, we have way, way far to fall. Uh, but who knows? You know what I mean? Like, it could be all setting up and then just a quick collapse. Um, I, I absolutely think that it could happen like that. Like, I think we could see, like, a complete 
switch over into like a Maoist China type of situation here in very a very short period of time. Um, but I think maybe where it started, and you know, I could be wrong, but I, I do think that the public education was a big, big change. Like, sl- and that that was slow, right? I, I think they say Massachusetts was the first com- like state to have compulsory education, and you know, it just slowly grew and slowly grew. And you know, if you go to 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 like a uh, Christian based school you're gonna be taught that jesus is your savior and if you go to a government school you're gonna be taught the government's your savior i really believe that and and that's like the bulk of the population and that's the training they've they've received that's the reality that's been drilled into their head i mean imagine if you know you have you start to have people starting at five years old for a huge chunk of their waking life until they're 18 and you get to just like continually drill in their head like be obedient don't break the rules and then teach them you know some bastardized history to where you know the government is always you know always on the right it was always good and and like you know they need to save us from the capitalists and they you know what whatever how all all the various lies that you're taught and um, I think it's resulted in a much, much uh, dumber populace and a, a populace that is that has a far more difficult time with critical thinking than it used to. Um, so I think it's a big deal, you know. And so, I mean, maybe that like when you talk about strategy, I, you know, maybe maybe that's what you try to do. I mean, I, I, I kind of feel like yeah you, you've got to pick um i had a buddy of mine talking to me about this like he was actually talking about the page of the the site that made that eight can't wait uh and he he thought it was interesting you know it's like obviously they're they're in a different you know they're more like left wing or whatever but they're like they have this whole movement and th- everything like laser focused on this one issue and <clears throat> means like maybe we you know as libertarians could maybe learn from that strategy and instead of you know presenting kind of the whole platform at once just say like legalize drugs or legalize marijuana maybe even you know i mean that's obviously moving so to kind of like fight and really focus and try to win small battles but that move us towards more liberty it's an interesting idea, I thought. Um, so maybe, maybe the education system in some way is 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 a uh, a possible way because the more people, the more children you can, you know, re- get get away from that system. I think is the more potential adults that have critical thinking ability. And I think that they're also, and I don't know if this has anything to do with the public education, but I think that also there these activist groups are targeting like younger people for sure. Um, like I don't remember anything like this when I was in high school. We didn't give a shit. <laughs> um, I mean, we were in 
public school and you know i i don't know i just never ever considered going and protesting anything that was going on with the president or wars or whatever you know um and crime was so much worse like that's something uh i know adam had in his kind of group of statistics we didn't talk about it but you know violence murder in the united states is like definitely on the decline i mean the the crack epidemic was rough and i think around the mid 90s or something early mid 90s i believe the homicide you know numbers in the united states kind of peaked and they've been going down you know ever since so like those are the years i'm in high school um but you know none of this nothing like this um it's it's like 30 uh, or whatever yeah i mean uh well okay but i guess 25 years later and now it's like become an issue like 25 years of like a slow but steady decline and now it's it's the issue it's interesting um you know like oh we gotta get gun control now or you know whatever it is you know pick pick your issue pick your month pick your issue uh so there's uh hold on i'm sorry so there's that and then i also had another kind of random thought regarding these kind of activist groups or whatever and and maybe this one might be kind of specifically black lives matter i guess uh and i think that i mean it obviously resonates with black people that's like the you know the sort of sensible target audience for that um and i think that it also like amongst like white people i my i believe that it much more resonates with people that grew up really wealthy you know because they are the privileged group you know and they i think that they're you know you can really play on that guilt and knowing that they didn't really work for you know what they have or whatever they got all this stuff handed to them you know whereas you know somebody like me like Sure, I, I'm sure, you know, if you give me all the same circumstances and make me black, yeah, it, um, I would imagine it would, you know, make things tougher for me. But, you know, I didn't, like, you know, I have a mountain of school debt. I have battled addiction. My dad died when I was a little kid. There's all kinds of drugs and drug dealing in, in, in the house growing up or whatever. And I grew up just in like a pretty regular middle class uh, area. And, you know, but I mean, it doesn't like the idea that I led a privileged life again it's all relative, right? There's a ton of people way, way worse off. I mean, just being in the United States versus like not being born in Zimbabwe or whatever, you know, and it also becomes like the metric. Like, what is your actual metric? Is it just how much, you know, economic output you're able to generate and or how much you started with? Or is there a way to actually measure 
happiness? Like, is it is it possible that somebody could be born into a family with more money, wind up with a life where they make more money, but when they couldn't they still be worse off than somebody that had less on both sides of that, but just kind of were happier, more <laughs> like less damaged person emotionally? And maybe you could argue that these things roughly correlate, but that's that's like you know obscene averaging. And I don't think that it, you know, there's so much variance in in these things that I think that averaging really, really does does not do uh, the topic justice. <clears throat> but all I'd say is this, you know, kind of bend the knee guilt type trip. I think it works on my friends that grew up particularly wealthy. And without much of a struggle, you know, I, I, and I see them posting and it's like people that, I mean, they don't give a fuck about black people. I know it. I mean, I know them like they've never done a goddamn thing for people of color in their whole fucking life. And they want to like, now they're acting like preachy, you know, and it's, I mean, and, and there's this you know, a, there's like an implicit uh, idea that somehow I'm in their group, you know? They grew up, you know, in a fucking, you know, multi-million dollar house, you know, with like very influential, wealthy parents and like their parents basically buy them their house with their husband and their kid, you know, they don't even have to work or they do, they do, like, it doesn't matter, you know what I mean, like, yeah, they got educated, and they do some stuff, or whatever, but, like, those, like, I, I mean, I don't relate to that, just because we are both classified as Caucasians, that life experience is just not what I went through, so, I'm not gonna get, like, like, you know, I, it seems like unbelievably privileged to me in a way that I cannot connect with to say like, oh yeah, I just want to like give what I have away um, because I have so much. Like I got a lot of poor people in my family too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I it just, just the, the whole concept of it is just completely lost on me. I, I, I don't, I don't know, but who are the important people to get? The people with wealth and influence. And so people from families of wealthy and influential people, you know, they don't get what it is to struggle. They're disconnected from it. They have some guilt maybe because they're able to just sort of go through life and have all these nice things and nice house and they never really have to like exert any effort or take any risk. There wasn't you know, they're really with, they've never experienced a time of like real fear or to know what it's like to, to, to really think like, man, like I have, you know, like I'm looking for change in my sofa to buy food for today. And like, maybe I'll pay my rent with, uh, you know, advance on my credit card. And like, you know, maybe, maybe I can go to my mom to get some help with rent this month, but she's going to need it back. Now I'm going to have to get it. You know, it's like, 
you know, and, and like I said, it's not, I'm not trying to say that like my experience is somehow like this awful, awful, terrible thing, but it's, it's just like unrelated to, to a lot of what I see posted by these other people <clears throat> that are like, you know, basically posing as fucking activists and, uh, and they've never really done a thing for people of color or whatever, you know, their, uh, uh, issue du jour of the month is, um, so yeah and i don't know like so that it's it's interesting because and i you know this like i think i've taken this shepherd and sheep analogy pretty far um i'm not exactly sure where they fit in because i feel like they're kind of acting like sheep but because of their access to you know wealth and the families they come from i mean i think like the more upper class white people that they can get on board with this is going to really they're going to be able to use their capital and you know their wealth to to like amplify this message more than if they get a bunch of you know poor people on board um so yeah it, it is interesting um so yeah i don't know you know i i making the plan it's interesting i mean it seems like i've always kind of had this self-defeatist attitude with it and um it's something i'd say about the left like they they seem to like be able to be so clever with with like activating people's emotions towards some goal that isn't really the actual goal that they have in mind and i i just don't i mean i'm i'm an intelligent guy but i just don't think my brain really works like that so um another thing that is just to touch on was the the coronavirus stuff i mean i do see it coming back and um i'll say this oh, let's get this up real quick so i think i looked this morning and we're still uh so there's no so we are officially more than two weeks out from the beginning of the riots and we still do not have a spike in deaths now i don't actually know that we would see a spike in deaths yet but we would you, you know like infections would go up but as i've said it's is very hard to really like track the accuracy of that because if there's more tests then you really can't go by infections but the same you know deaths as long as they're being essentially recorded the same way you can look at like a relative drop or something so, you know, we're not uh, trying to see. Yeah, we're not, <clears throat> we're not, we're certainly not seeing any spike. The last day was 982. And so there's sort of recorded in, if you look, that there's, uh, I guess like some are recorded all in the same day. And then, uh, you know, so maybe some report weekly or the way it is, but you can see that there's like a pretty, 
consistent rhythm and uh if like after the the highest number for like the week the second number so last week the essentially last week the same number was 1084 this week it's 982 and the week before it was 1225 um you know so like pretty steadily declined the week before is 1400 uh, maybe a you know 982 versus 1084 it's uh maybe a like a little bit less it's only about a hundred cases less but you know it it's still less so this you know this one uh this same sort of day last week or whatever in the cycle was higher um so anyway i uh, that you know we we said like unless you're seeing this spike now something i read about you know so two weeks is like you're if you do not um show symptoms i guess in like two weeks or whatever like if you don't have the virus in two weeks from exposure uh you basically don't you know don't have it or i guess if you don't show the symptoms you at least have the kind that's not going to show symptoms um but actually i think what usually is like three to five days so i do think that like hospitalizations and deaths could have risen already um but you know we're not seeing you know anything anything resembling this whatsoever we're not seeing like any change at all and we had millions of people protesting they are literally still going now so you know it should definitely be seeing like a big uptick you know so that's that but it is interesting man like i you know i do listen uh, I've been listening a little bit less, uh, but I've been listening, you know, I listen to sports talk. I have my whole life and they're basically, you know, they're very focused on, are we going to be able to see sports? Like, are they going to play it? How are they going to figure it out? And it's funny because you still hear like people have gotten back, like after they've gotten off the sort of racism and police brutality thing and back on to like, okay, can we get back to it? They are kind of back into the COVID-19 stuff because sports are still on pause. And when they come back, it's going to be all weird. And like, they're trying to figure out. And like one guy's still saying, I, you know, I think it's not going to happen unless they can get a vaccine. And, you know, and it's like, man, like people are so ill-informed. Um, you know, it's just like, there's no way they're going to know, you know, and, and again, like, it doesn't really matter that the argument doesn't work out logically because they don't know how to really like follow that through and, and find a logical flaw. So, you know, I, I think that the COVID like somehow, <laughs> despite, you know, having all of these, uh, these protests and um man that crazy quote from uh let me I'm trying to see if Adam had sent it to me <clears throat> uh no 
but it was like some crazy quote from some medical body that was basically saying like <clears throat> we don't think that there's any risk with protesting like police brutality but then they added the qualifier but don't think that this applies to protest other protests like ones against the shutdown i mean it's the most one of the most absurd quotes imaginable i mean how on earth could the topic of your protest determine whether or not it's dangerous you know so anyway we are i i do think um you know the the assault on our liberties has been an absolute epic proportion the fact that like basically every day i almost live morning to night just at my house go out back tend to my little garden occasionally get food with people or smoke a cigar out back and like you know like the unbelievable change in my life i mean there's been nothing from the government that has ever affected my life to the level of this coronavirus and then to like follow it up with the riots on top of it it's crazy and now are they going back to this i you know i really don't know for sure but um you know i think fauci is still coming back and doubling down they're talking about that the second wave you know i read um Here's a, a article I saw somebody share. The shutdowns prevented 60 million coronavirus infections in the United States, a study found. Funny thing is this is the guy that the same uh, or one of these studies they reference is the person that made that stupid model in the beginning. The model that had all those hundreds of parameters and has never gotten one prediction correct, like not even close, keeps predicting millions and millions of deaths. But, you know, somehow it's, uh, you know, they still pump it out in their news cycles, you know. And, I mean, if there's one thing to just immediately shut off, like if somebody's telling you something or your retort or any article you see, if this article is citing the amount of cases, like how many people have been tested positive or, you know, this one, coronavirus infections, like whatever, you know, like unless you're going to to somehow like also include the tests, it's it's just bunk. It's complete bunk. I mean, if I, you know, if last week, you know, I tested 10,000 people and I found 5,000 people infected. And then this week I test 100,000 people and I find that like 50,000 people are infected and you conclude like, oh, you know, you just blame it on something and say, oh my God, there are 10 times more coronavirus cases, you know, in, in Atlanta. And yeah, they point to some, oh, and there was a, uh, a libertarian meetup. And so that's that must be it. it. Ten times the amount of cases, and you ignore the fact that we just made ten times the number of tests. You know, it's just silly. It it it's so dumb. And that's I, I mean, honestly, every article I look at, that's what it says. Like they try to demonize anybody that opened all oh, this country that opened up. They're seeing a rise in infections, or you know, this state or whatever. Now, ignoring that, like. When these states open up, they're probably testing a lot more, right? Like, and they, 
and like in the beginning you were basically like testing people that were infected i mean people with like mega symptoms and so that's also going to make like the rate worse right because you're 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 like a lot more certain that these people are sick and so when you start um you know, testing now when you're open up, it's going to be like, hey, we're going to test everybody every week at work or something like that. You know, what, whatever your precautions you're trying to take, you know, I'm sure that like a way more people are going to get tested. And, you know, so it's just going to, I don't know, you're going to find more people sick. Um, even, even if the infection rate like per test goes down. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So, you know they're still trying to push this this narrative. I don't really know what the end game is. I think I think that like probably for the summer they're just going to slowly back down off of this. And I'm not sure what kind of craziness. I mean, if these if the the cops and this George Floyd thing get off, it's going to be wild riots this summer. If the the trial ends this summer, who knows, you know, another cop could kill somebody or something else. And people, I really like one of my kind of really bad feelings in my gut is a new precedent has been set with these riots that they can really turn up when they want to. And, you know, at any sort of, I mean, it almost feels like it's like the beginning of a war or something. <laughs> I mean, it, it does not feel good. And, you know, I think like the libertarians and the regular whatever, just like gun owning citizenry can sit on the sidelines. But if we get drawn into it, I don't think it's going to be good for anybody and i think it will result in because it's like i think that we'll be drawn in kind of you know dragged in not like oh this is a cause you know we'll just be kind of defending our own property our own turf and whatever you know so it's not like there'll be this like big commitment of a movement it isn't like all right fuck it like let's go to dc and take out the government i think like if you somehow had some like organized uprising of like the armed united states citizenry it could be pretty bad for the government but i think it's gonna you know it's not gonna be like that it's gonna be very haphazard and like I think it would just be all too easy for the, you know, kind of corporate media outlets to really paint us uh, in a really bad light. Um, so, but at the same time, you can't sit around let people like fucking burn down your house and shit. So, you know, I, you know, I don't know, you know, I think when it comes down to it, you got to protect yourself and, you know, your family and your property and stuff. So anyway, uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. I wanted to get out those thoughts today um you know maybe i'll uh you know maybe i will go a little bit more the alex jones thing see if i can find any kind of i don't know sources or or investigative sort of journalism behind these these different activist groups to sort of point to a little bit of a you know shepherding if you will uh but yeah we'll see and probably um this weekend hopefully we'll get adam back in and we'll talk a little bit more about the issues at hand 
So take it easy. Peace.